And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Raptors Reasonless Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Blake Murphy. Not joining me, as usual, is Eric Kareen, as we try to stagger some off time in an indefinite length offseason for your Toronto Raptors. Joining me instead is Toronto Raptors swingman Malcolm Miller. Malcolm, thank you so much for doing this, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. How have, how have you been doing? Uh, it's been good. I've been, you know, enjoying the off-season grind. I mean, obviously, we wish we were still in the bubble, you know, uh, taking care of the West in the finals, but, uh, you know, doing what we can to get back there now. Uh, you're back home in the, the D.C. area? Yes. Nice to get some time with family, I'd guess, eh, after yes. the, the amount of time away? Yeah, definitely. Time of families, you know, paramount in, you know, this pandemic. So, you know, appreciate every second of it. Uh, and the big question that anyone who uh, follows you on socials is wondering is, how is North doing? North is doing great. You know, she's loving being home, taking her usual walks, going to her dog parks and everything. So, yeah, she's she's loving life right now. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, North is the name of Malcolm's dog who you, you got her right after the championship, right? Yep, right after the championship. So uh, we went to a rescue and we got her. And the only towel that was in the car was a We the North towel. So it just kind of made sense for her to be uh, named North. Perfect. Perfect. Um, I'm glad you guys are uh, getting some some good time in. After, I, 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 it was one of the things that I was kind of curious about was would they let pets in the bubble? Because, you know, you guys were kind of isolated, like not kind of like pretty isolated. And I know the hotels probably wouldn't love having animals in there, but it would have been maybe a maybe a good way to, to break some of the isolation up. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, I, I definitely wish she, she could have came down to the bubble with me, but I definitely understand, you know having to take care of a dog and then providing services for that too. But uh, yeah, it definitely would have been nice. We could have had a whole dog cheering section for whoever's the home team that day. Could have been a, could have been a whole thing. Next, oh, yeah, hopefully sure. there's not a next time, but yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned, you know, you're kind of back to the grind at this point. Um, you know, we, we talked with all of you guys kind of after and during a little bit, the, the first stage of the pandemic before you guys relaunched what that looks like. Um, for you, what is, especially not knowing when the offseason is going to end right now, uh, what do things look like for you kind of day-to-day right now? Um, day-to-day, you know, I, I took the initial, you know, break to, you know, you know, unwind and relax a little bit, and then now it's right back on the grind. So it's, you know, workouts every day, getting shots up, lifting weights, and the the, the usual grind, you know, off-season grind, you know, just be ready whenever, whenever that date is established at the season starting up. Yeah, who knows? I mean, we know the draft is November 18th, and I think the latest is, you know, they don't want free agency to start any later than December 1st, but that still leaves uh, an awful lot up in the air as uh, some governments still aren't handling the pandemic super well. So the idea of fans back in the stadium and and traveling 
city to city and across um, Malcolm. I don't know if you know, but the, the Toronto Blue Jays this year in Major League Baseball couldn't play their home games in Toronto because the government wouldn't allow the um, that amount of flying in and out and breaking quarantine and such. So, right. uh, you know, we're, we're kind of keeping an eye on that and wondering, you know, are the Toronto Raptors a, a full-time road team next year or playing out of Buffalo or something like that? So, uh, I mean, if safety is your concern, you know, pretty much makes sense looking at uh, Ontario's numbers and everything compared to the U.S., you know. Seems like they're yeah. doing a lot better job than we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not not the best lately. Uh, the numbers here in Toronto climbing a little bit and kind of the government being forced to, to look at maybe shutting things back down. Um, you know, and then Thanksgiving here is this coming weekend. So I, I oh, feel like that's, that's right. a potential uh, spreader weekend. But uh, let's hope for the best. And, and obviously, we don't know when the next season is going to start anyway. Um, before we talk about the future, Malcolm, I want to look backward just a little bit on the bubble and your experience in it. So I guess just generally, um, how did you find it? Um, I know you're a big video game guy. So, so that was probably able to fill some of your, some of your downtime in there, but what was that experience like for you? I mean, it was definitely different. I mean, it had a, it had a very college AAU type feel to it, except for, you know, it's a bunch of NBA players in a nice Disney resort. So if (laughs) I could, you know, find a way to combine those two in a word or two, that would be it. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it was great for what it was and, you know, what we were down there to do, which was, you know, take care of business while of course at at the same time, you know, using our platform to enact change. So, you know, it was good for the purposes that it was and, you know, it, it was better when the families were there. You know, you got a little bit more of, you know, not just basketball every day, day in and day out. But, yeah, like I said, you know, all over it was it was decent. You mentioned the the pre-family time that's kind of all basketball all day other than, you know, whatever you're doing in your room. Uh, how did you find it differed from, you know, you had gone through two playoff runs uh, before with the Raptors and in this one, you know, I feel like you guys, I feel like like the, the starters for you guys barely ever practiced during the playoffs. But um, for someone like you, how did the day to day change in terms of how you when you're practicing and how much and how you're kind of staying ready? And, and, you know, I know you had told me in one of the prior off seasons that that was kind of the start of your off season. Um, I think that was when you were two way. So you weren't, you know, you weren't playoff eligible. It's a little different this time around. But right. how did the day to day for for someone in your position change in the bubble? Um, it was just a lot more, you know, individual skill work. So it, again, kind of in that, you know, off season mode where, you know, you don't have a lot of team practices per se, because of, you know, the minutes the guys were playing. So it was really honing your individual skills, you know, how that can be applied in the team setting, should you get thrown in there in any second. So, uh, that was, that was just kind of the day to day. I mean, of course, you know, it was basketball every day, whether it was practice or, or a game, but yeah, just keeping that keeping that same mentality going forward that, you know, doing whatever you can to, you know, stay ready and just get yourself better. It's funny. I, I always, you know, I always roll my eyes and get a little defensive on the behalf of players when, you know, there's that small segment of fans who see, you know, I remember when, when Patrick Patterson would like review movies or, or Damari Carroll would have his his fashion the way it was. And people would be like, why don't you stop shopping and, and you know, get some shots up as if you guys could play basketball, you know, 24 hours a day and that would be good for you and not terribly detrimental. Um, but the <laughs> bubble was like the closest thing to that. It's like, yeah. All you're going to do is like read, play video games and hoop. It's uh, yeah. 
Um, was it mostly video games for you in the downtime? I, I know the the NBA and MBPA had also provided you guys with some reading materials related to you know uh, the racial history in the United States and, and some of the social justice issues we were all discussing as well. Yeah, so they had you know great books there for us. They had a channel dedicated to um, social injustice and stuff like that. And you know, outside of the social justice realm, a couple hobbies, as you said, we're playing video games and just I started picking up on the piano at the beginning of the pandemic, and I got a little mini piano piano in my room, you know, while we were in the bubble. So you know, things like that, just you know, keep yourself occupied so it's not just basketball all day because. Some players can thrive off that. And as you see in the bubble, you know, so you, you saw the emergence of some players that, you know, people weren't expecting. And, you know, if it's all basketball all day and those those guys are dedicated to that grind and, you know, that's who they are. You saw some players thrive through that. So but, you know, it's different for everybody. Uh, yeah, Jimmy, Jim, it certainly seems to agree with Jimmy Butler. Uh, oh, yeah. Between sure. just 98 percent basketball and 2 percent the side hustle coffee shop. Oh, yeah, uh, did you shop. did you did you get a big face coffee or was that I not up and running while you guys were still? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to get over to get a big face uh, coffee. I heard they were pretty expensive too. <laughs> yeah, twenty bucks, no matter what size. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm good on that. That's that's a that's a good hustle. I don't. Yeah, uh... very good. <laughs> um, you you mentioned that they they did provide some reading materials and some viewing materials. Um, did you did you dive into any books that um, you know really opened your eyes to anything, or that you'd recommend for for anyone listening who wants to continue their own learning? Um, haven't do dove into it yet, but the new Jim Crow was a book that they had in of a lot of our, um, a lot of our rooms and everything. And, you know, looking at, you know, mass incarceration and, you know, all that type of stuff, it kind of has reminiscence of, uh, the movie, uh, the 13th, 13th yeah. amendment, you know, so a lot of reading materials and stuff like that, I feel like were important and stuff that they spread for us. Cool. I want to talk a little bit more about that stuff in just a second um, to kind of wrap up the the basketball side. Have you been watching the the NBA, like the, the conference finals and the finals, or did you kind of take like a, a basketball break altogether a little bit? A um, little combination. You know, I, yeah. I, if if I was really in the mood, I, I'd catch a game. And if I wasn't, you know, I just kind of, you know, take the day off. So I wouldn't have to say I wouldn't say it was a, you know, a long stint of time. It was just kind of, you know, how I was feeling that day. Um, you mentioned you joked off the top that you would have rather been taking care of business in the finals right now. But in the time that you have watched Boston, Miami, and then Miami and L.A., uh, and with how close you guys were to getting through to the next round, um, are you, do you guys kind of look at this? Like, like obviously the season was, was a success anyway, and, and to lose such a tight series with a team as good as Boston, there's, there's absolutely no shame in that. Uh, do you look at it, though, a little bit and think about how close you guys were to, to getting back there? And, you know, how do we match up with Miami? How do we match up with L.A.? What would that have looked like? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, looking at the, you know, style of the play, the, the coverages that people are doing, it's just kind of like, man, you know, we would have thrived at this or how we how we would have handled this situation, you know, just. But at the same time, trying not to get caught up in the what ifs and what could have been because, you know, at the end of the day, we we weren't able to accomplish the goal of running it back. But, you know, like you said, we did have several successes through the season. So, yeah, just kind of getting caught in that that field right there. Yeah, that makes complete sense to me. Um, you know, it's yeah, I, I do the same. You look at it and it's like, man, well, the ways that Miami took advantage of Boston, maybe they couldn't take advantage against Toronto or, or maybe there's more opportunities, you know, the way you guys played against the zone in that one game and, and things like that. So 
Um, fun what ifs. And, and it's, I mean, it's cool that Miami's made it a series or, or Jimmy Butler's made it a series. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I've seen a lot from Raptors Twitter. I know you you engage with Raptors Twitter a little bit sometimes. And um, that seems to be the predominant feeling there is not, uh, is man, could, could the Raptors have given the Lakers a, an even tougher push? So uh, uh, yeah, big what sure. if to, to think about down the line. Oh, we touched on a little bit of what the NBA and NBPA tried to put in place for you guys as the players uh, in terms of continuing your education about racism in the United States and all around the world. And in terms of, you know, continuing to provide you guys resources as you try to use the bubble and your own voices and, and social media platforms um, to kind of keep these you know, the name of Breonna Taylor or George Floyd at the forefront or the issue of police brutality and racial injustice at the forefront. Um, you're someone who for a long time now has been pretty active about that on your own social media. I know you attended some of the um, protests at home during the the league's hiatus. Uh, I'm curious what you thought about how that would all go heading in and, and how you feel now um, being out of it uh, like how it went relative to your expectations in terms of, you know, you guys as a league and as a player, a group of players, um, you know, managing that balance between basketball and, and social justice. Um, well, one thing I would have to say, you know, being out of the bubble and looking in, um, you could see that the the impact that it had when we were all there, you know, I, I've, mm. I've talked to different people. I've talked to my friends, you know, when we, when we as, you know, a league decided to not play, you know, how that had a resounding effect in effect in other sports and just just in the world in general. So like realizing that 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 power that we had and the voices that we, you know, choose to, you know, promote and everything does have an effect. So like that was something that I'm proud of and that, you know, the NBA is is backing that, you know, they're not they're not silencing players interviews and and stuff like that. They're just really trying to promote whatever type of message that we want and our message is you know the systemic racism the police brutality the the inequities in our society for sure um were you were you a little on the fence at all about you know going there into the bubble for i mean obviously there are like the the health concerns that um were first and foremost for a lot of people with respect to their families but in terms of you know that balance between basketball and what you were doing attending protests at home and you know trying to uh affect change and inspire change. Was there some hesitation on your part about, about going or about how that would, you know, whether it would just kind of get brushed aside once the game started? Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, without a doubt, basketball is a distraction to the issues. I mean, when I was there, I found times where I was taking a nap and was too tired from basketball to like engage in different of the social activist activities and you know uh, that's just that's just part of the the deal that we signed by going down there so that was definitely one of my concerns and definitely one of my hesitations but at the same time you know we did make the decision to go down and play so therefore we had to make the most of it so yeah I would say it was definitely on my mind at that time you know how I couldn't affect change down there and how how being down there would affect whatever I wanted to do with, with, you know, with my voice and with what I was doing in my community. Um, you, you mentioned that you're proud of what you guys were able to accomplish as a collective in that regard. Um, the, the decision that you all made to um, sit out the couple days worth of games. And I know that that started with the Milwaukee Bucks and it kind of just um, snowballed naturally 
throughout the throughout the league. But you guys had those player meetings that were reported, and, and I'm not, you know, I I, I know you you're going to be conscientious about uh, details or anything like that. But I, I'm wondering um, what your thought process was through that, and how you felt about um, making such a such an important stand as a collective as you did. Oh yeah, I definitely think it was an important stand and I think it was also great that we we got something out of it as far as, you know, opening polling stations through as many arenas as we could and you know getting on a call with the owners to, you know, really show them that, you know, what we mean and like this is something serious to us, the fact that we can stop televised games on our command and you know try to get something out of it. So I I, I think it was uh I think it was important and I was I was I was happy with it, but you know, there's still there's still room to grow. As as I said before, you know, going back to like the selection of names for the the back of the jersey and stuff like that. There's just there's more room to grow, and I think we all realize that. And it's a matter of figuring out where that room is to grow and how to grow. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, I think you know there was some reaction that, oh, opening polling stations is like fine, but voting in a federal election, you know, isn't the only step. But I think... I think what some people glossed over is that some of the subcommittees that the league agreed to participate in with you guys uh, as an NBPA, you know, those are going to be longer term things, right? Like we're not going to we're not going to rewrite a lot of this systemic stuff overnight, uh, but maybe some of the ways that that owners can get involved uh, with initiatives that players want to put forward um, is important. And I think I think what you guys are doing as a Raptors group um, with the. Uh, the voting campaign, and again, I know, I know people. There are some people who roll their eyes or whatever at you know the message of "Well, go vote in a federal election" because you know the the especially with respect to something like police brutality or um, the overfunding of police departments versus community investment. You know, neither side is is particularly strong on that. But I think what's important is that you know it's not just this one federal election it's becoming more engaged as a political citizen in general and you know being more aware of i i remember talking with fred about um you know he kind of thought politics wasn't for him and didn't really apply to him because the system was kind of rigged against him no matter what but you know if you can get involved at like the local level and the state level you know that's where you know the local level and state level are where things like police budgets and the level of impunity that, that police have um, that's where that stuff all, all kind of takes place so uh, I'm glad you guys have been getting out a, a holistic voting message like that there was a report uh, yesterday I believe that at one point, the NBPA, you guys had something less than 20% of eligible players were registered to vote, and that's now above 90%. 
Um, how huge an accomplishment is that for you guys? And, you know, as a not just setting an example for everyone else, but but, you know, that to me says a lot about how much everyone has engaged with this discussion and not just like paying it lip service. But but people seem to really be moving on this. Oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely think it's, you know, it started out as, you know, trying to spread the message, spread the awareness, let people know how, you know, individual players feel, let them know that this, you know, police brutality and systemic racism is a thing. And I'm glad that we're moving into a space of action now. So to say that, you know, we went from 20% to 80% of enrolled voters in the NBA is, is big because it shows that we're actually, you know, walking the walk. You know, we, we talked, we showed our emotions, but now we're putting, you know, pen to paper on, you know, at least this matter of, of, you know, voter registration so that our voice can be heard and that, you know, we don't have to worry about who's voting in just the, you know, major elections, but also the smaller elections, the primaries, you know, elections that, you know, put people on the school board so you can get the education reform that you want. So I think it's allowing for a lot of information. It's allowing for a lot of education and it's allowing for a lot of activism, like you said, more than just more than just words, more than just feelings, which are important, but actual like tangible actions that can lead to resulting in change and can to lead to, you know, an NBA player learning more and then going to speak to the governor because they have that power. For sure. And you, I know we, we, talked a little bit um, off air that you have some things you're working on uh, as well beyond just what you guys have done as an NBA group in the bubble and as a Raptors team pushing, you know, um, uh, United States citizens living in Canada uh, to register to vote as well. Um, Did you want to talk about some of those things that that you've you've had going on or might have going on? Um, Sure. So um, briefly on one, I can't say too much about it, but just really... um, deals with education in the in the tech field and you know trying to find different ways to you know bring this message to more people and the people that understand the message of you know systemic racism and police brutality just presenting it to them in a different light to you know motivate and outside of that it's mostly just been me and my community like just talking to different people spreading awareness talking to like the young athletes in the area a lot of the high school players uh different you know, college athletes to let them know, like, even in college, even at the high school level, you do have a voice and to kind of prep and for them to understand that, you know, there are challenges growing when you uh, reach that next level of basketball. But at the same time, you know, support your community and know that you do have power to do whatever you want. Yeah, the college athletes is, is a is a cool one. I, I remember you and I spoke kind of like well before we were even talking about basketball in the pandemic, after I had gone to some of the protests here and and you had gone to some of the protests where you are, um, you and I spoke uh, for a piece that Eric Kareen and I did talking to, you know, we talked to Coach Nurse as well. And and we talked to um, a Harvard graduate from here named Chris Eagy, who uh, runs No More Names, which is kind of this collective to help college athletes use their voice. So um, a lot of, I'm, I'm glad that's something that you're, uh, you're focusing on when you say education in the tech fields um is that i, I know you said you don't want to say too much yet so i, I don't want to pry so you could just no comment if you want but um <laughs> are you specifically focusing on um like the racial inequities in, in tech education 
Uh, yes. So it would be mostly be in the, the racial education side about, you know, as I, I've been very vocal about my sister and her work with uh, equity, diversity and inclusion and, you know, where she's going with that. So we're trying to find ways because that's, you know, very important within corporations, organizations and businesses that, you know, you have an equitable, inclusive and fair organization. So just trying to spread that message as far as possible. Uh, where can people find out more about your your sister's efforts? Um, well, her name is Janelle Thomas, and she works for the National Fund. So, you know, she's she's starting her own business to like you know incorporate equity, diversity, inclusion in other businesses. So, we're developing that strategy. So, but you can look her up on LinkedIn again. Her name is Janelle Thomas, and you know she's definitely she's definitely uh, one of the the top people in in this field that. Uh, works with organizations and different companies to, you know, make, make everything more equal, you know, make, make everything better for, for everybody, not just, you know, a select few, which, you know, it's kind of been going on in the world. And you can find out a little bit more about the national fund just by going to nationalfund.org. There's lots of, uh, lots of information there and, um, you know, it can direct you to, to some good resources, uh, as well, especially, especially on, um, kind of the corporate side of things. Um, so, and that's great, Malcolm. I, um, uh, yeah, that, that Janelle's doing that and you're able to work with her is, uh, I think an awesome use of, of her role and your platform together. Um, you know, and I know you've continued to use your social medias since, uh, since you got back from the bubble, um, sometimes to ridiculous replies, but, <laughs> uh, you at least, uh, you know, I, I like I forget the way you worded it, but you've got time to to respond to some of the some of the jabronis sometimes. Oh yes, most definitely have time. Yeah, um, I want to want to pivot just back to basketball a little bit here as we kind of go forward looking. Um, we talked about what your time in the bubble was like. We talked about what your off season looks like for the next little bit here. Um, looking back at you know this was your third year in the NBA. Um, I know you had done camp with, uh, with the Celtics one time before that you've played overseas. Um, where do you feel you're at right now? You're, you're a free agent this summer. Um, and I don't mean in terms of, you know, are you going to come back or anything like that, but where do you feel you are in your career in general? Um, and, and you know, what might be, what might be next for you or what do you hope is next for you from here? Um, I technically still feel like I'm in the early stages of my career. I mean, I do have the knowledge of, you know, having multiple years in the NBA, having, you know, playoff experience, not necessarily playing, but just the overall understanding of the game. But I'm still in the hunt for, you know, minutes. I'm still in the <laughs> hunt for, you know, really proving myself as an NBA player. I know, I know I'm an NBA player, but, you know, I, I need the playing time to play for that. So it's just, I'm just... I'm just really doing whatever I can to put myself in the best position for me to help a team. So that's just kind of my mentality on, you know, where my free agency is and where I'm going. So I'm just, I'm just in grind mode doing whatever I can. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I know you haven't played a ton, but, you know, you have the G League resume and your time in Germany, and obviously you've shot the ball well when you have gotten opportunities. And, uh, you know, you and I have joked a bunch about that Oladipo start. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I don't I don't think it's a secret or anything. And, you know, it's not like like you're 27. It's not like you're 35 and looking for uh, looking for a chance or anything. Uh I'm curious, have Toronto Ultra, their Call of Duty team, come calling yet to try to pry you away from the NBA, though? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Um, uh, much respect to all of the uh, e-gaming sports players. I'm not even at the level to try to even compete with them. Um, I do you're enjoy it in my pastime, but uh, they're, they're, they're pretty good. So I'll try, to, I'll try to inch in in a tournament every once in a while. But like I said, more respect to the e-sports teams because they're on a whole nother level (laughs) are you uh are you the best gamer on the raptors um i would like to think so i mean a couple of fifa games with uh, other players might differ might beg to differ but at the same time you know i like to say i'm i'm one of the top ones up there and i'm proud i mean it's hard to tell because you know chris boucher posts the most highlights for sure on instagram but uh, i definitely i definitely caught some some dubs with chris before nice Nice. And then, you know, I think Paul Watson was telling me that OG cheats at 2K. And I know <laughs> I know Pascal and Jakob used to have these epic FIFA rivalries. So um, but I guess is the thing when there's so many games out like Call of Duty is your your main game, right? Yeah, I would say Call of Duty is my main game. I play FIFA quite a bit, too. Uh, FIFA 21 just came out. So right now that's that's when it's not basketball time, when I'm not, you know, doing business or social activism uh fifa is my go-to right now <laughs> do you do you play like like do you ever are you one of those people that ever like tweets or instagrams out your handle and like come challenge me or anything like that i mean i wouldn't mind that i, I gotta get a couple reps with 21 to okay. make sure it's not too different than 20 that way i okay. know i know i can handle myself <laughs> yeah see i don't have a console i'm all about the the like gm simulation game so like i'm i like football manager instead uh, of yeah, fifa yeah. just because i don't have a console anyway um but yeah i'm not uh yeah that makes my gaming days have, are behind me i have every console and i'm waiting on that ps5 <laughs> yeah yeah back in university you you didn't want to play me in madden or nhl but now i'd uh now i don't think i'd stand much of a chance i got you i got you yeah uh, I'm, not, madden, I'm not too good at madden or nhl either so you would probably definitely beat me in both i'm surprised about madden though because you're a pretty big eagles fan a big fantasy football player right yeah, my Eagles, I mean, I guess we're good since we're in top of the NFC East, but we're struggling a little bit right now. And, yeah, I opted out of fantasy football this year just ah. because of the not sure what's going on with, you know, who's playing, who's not playing, the tests and everything. So 
for once, I'm going to actually watch football to enjoy it. Got different players in different positions. And, you know, just hope that my Eagles make the playoffs this year. Not just your Eagles. Yours and Kyle Lowry. Oh, yeah, They're Kyle's sure. Eagles first. And oh, everyone yeah. else's De- Eagles. Definitely. I think he went to the championship game, so he definitely gets that over yes. me. You guys <laughs> went to uh, an Eagles-Bills game too, didn't you, in Buffalo? Yes, yes, in Buffalo. And that was that was awesome. I mean, it was windy, so there wasn't a lot of uh, completions, but it was still it was just <laughs> dope seeing the team. That's great. Have you have you ever gone to an Eagles game at the link? I haven't. All this no. time I not haven't. So that's that's gonna be a next objective when um fans are more fans are comfortably allowed in arenas. Yeah, I saw today the the Florida governor said the I can't remember if it was the Dolphins or the Jaguars, like, hey yeah, you can have sixty three thousand people in your stadium and even <laughs> like you know it's uh you know it's poor policy when even the NFL team is like, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, like nah, like, we're good. Like we're we're fine with that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm not going to get any deeper on that. It's, it's wild. Um, that's cool, though, that you um, you got to go to, to that. And I, I'm sure I'm sure Kyle gets, knowing how competitive he is, gets pretty intense about the, uh, about the Eagles. I remember, I think Terrence Davis told me that he cheered for the Bills. And I was like, man, that's a, that's a good way to get the, the locker room leader oh, in, yeah, on your yeah, back No side. shot that's happening. You might as well just better off saying nothing. um that's great so um just to to bring it back to basketball quickly um you know you mentioned where you're at mentally with your own career heading into this um do you have a sense of how this all might play out like like obviously there's no summer league this time around and the european seasons have all started and technically you're not a free agent i think until the finals end (laughs) and and, um you know i don't know if there are going to be things like like you you got the raptors attention through a free agent mini camp at ovo center originally right 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 so there those things might not be there do you have a feel for how that's gonna go or are you kind of just taking it day by day oh yeah i have absolutely no idea we don't even know (laughs) when the season's starting so i'm i'm literally just going to focus on you know getting my game to a higher level and you know because that's really all i can control right now you know i'm blessed to be able to be home around my family around you know my trainers and the people that work me out so i might as well use this time to just you know, focus on getting me to the best level I can and with all the people that I love and just continuing from there. Just just crossing up north in the driveway. Oh, yeah, for get, sure. Yeah, playing defense. yeah she usually runs from the basketball, so we'll see if we can build up some more courage for her with that. <laughs> Perfect. Um, all right, man. Well, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I guess if you want to give – you know, one more plug for, for where you'd like people to, to check out, whether it's your sister's work or what you have coming or, or your socials or anything like that. I'll kind of open the floor for you here. Um, yeah, I would just, I would just mostly plug, you know, my sister because that's the most relevant and important information that I can give to anybody. Um, maybe I'll send you, you know, her LinkedIn page or whatever later, but again, her name's Janelle Thomas and she works for the national fund and, you know, equity, diversity, inclusion is her thing. And, you know, that's, that's important nowadays, having an equitable, um, you know, diverse and inclusive business that has a chance for everybody to succeed, not just one demographic of people, but all the identities that everyone brings to an organization. And, you know, I think that's, I think that's important. And um, yeah, that's really it. Uh, and that's a, her name again is Janelle Thomas, J-A-N-E-L-L. Uh, and you can find the National Fund at nationalfund.org. Uh, if you want to keep up with Malcolm and, and what he's doing and the messages he's trying to get out, at Milley 13 on Twitter. 
Um, and we won't give his gamer tag here until he's <laughs> up to speed on FIFA 21 and can make sure none of you can match up to him. Uh, do you have a go-to team in, in FIFA or do you kind of mix it up? Um, I usually mix it up, but I, I try to usually play with Borussia Dortmund just because when I played in Berlin, that was our sister club. So, yeah, I just try to try to stay faithful to my uh, my Berlin friends over there. In when you played Dortmund. with my guy, Carl English. Yep, Carl English, Captain Canada. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you taking the time and offering up your perspective and wish you all the best of luck the rest of the offseason, Malcolm. I appreciate it, Blake, anytime. All right, guys, thank you for listening. We will be back at some point with another podcast. Uh, we're kind of playing it by ear with how the NBA offseason uh, plays out. But at the very, very latest, we'll have some draft preview stuff heading into the November 18 draft. Uh, we'll probably talk to you with a guest before then. Uh, so keep listening. Thanks. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.